I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Where to begin as a total newbie when it comes to vegan and plant-based diets. Guys, what's going on? And today, I wanted to jump into this really important subject around where do you begin when you're completely new to this completely different way of living in the current world that we're in regarding vegan and plant-based diets. So this is an episode for your friends, for your family who maybe have pondered or wondered about your lifestyle and you want to give them a good resource, a good place to turn to, to start with, to get some early momentum, to get the ball rolling. Or maybe this is an episode for you if you're pretty new to this as well and you're just trying to figure the ins and outs, the details around how do you make this work? Is this something that's going to be ideal for you? The first thing I want to say and make a written note of this This is fundamentally important because I can't make this episode one, two, three hours long. You're not going to listen to that much information in one go, and it's not going to be practical. So the episodes that I'm about to list to you are going to be fundamental things that you must understand and you must learn when it comes to how do you truly thrive on a vegan diet. So the first one is episode 41 around confusion within the fitness and nutrition space. A lot of myth and a lot of dichotomous thinking around what's good and bad. I I break it all down in detail in episode 41. The next episode is episode 37 on nutrient rotation and diversity. This again is a fundamental thing you must learn. If your diet is too myopic, meaning one dimensional, you will not be getting the things you need and you will not get the benefits you could. Fundamentally important. Episode 37. The next episode is episode 36 on gas, digestion and bloating. This is probably, arguably, the number one reason why people try a plant-based diet and quit because they consume certain things, they don't know what's happening and they get a lot of gas and bloating and they don't feel good and then they think that it's just not for them. I break down what's happening and I give you simple strategies to work through and navigate that process. That's in episode 36. Episode 33 is my low-hanging fruit protocols. These are the things that in all my time coaching people from all various walks of life I've seen will yield some of the best returns on your effort and energy with the least amount of strain. A lot of people major in minor things. They do a lot of little things that don't really contribute to their bigger result, but it takes a lot of just work and effort. These things are not hard to implement, but they will move the needle the most for you, generally speaking. So that's episode 33. The last episode that I want you to listen to is episode 7, and that's on biofeedback. Biofeedback is your body trying to communicate with you. So if you're getting excessive hunger and cravings, if you're feeling like you're getting brain fog and lethargy and you're not able to concentrate very well, and you're getting bloating and gas, or you're getting eczema or 
breaking out with pimples or you're not sleeping well, or you're sweating at night. All of these different things are your body trying to communicate with you that something needs to change. I break down how to understand that language in episode seven. You should really go through and listen to all the episodes in this podcast, but those things will be the most important things to listen to from a tangible technical standpoint when it comes to where do you begin as a total newbie on a vegan plant-based diet. So get those things down and go listen to those episodes because I can't dive into all of the resources that I cover in those specific episodes. Those will move the needle for you. So let's jump into the generality of this. So where do you begin as a total newbie when it comes to this? Remember this, I came into this lifestyle as a former butcher. I was a butcher for years and eating a heavy, heavy meat-based diet. And even when I left the butchery and I was first in the fitness world, I was still on a heavy animal-based diet. So I've come from the other end of the spectrum. So everything that I'm telling you is there because I've come from the other end of the spectrum. So basically what I'm just saying is that if I've been able to do this, you can too. There's nothing special about me or what I did. You have these innate skills as well. So the first thing that I think is fundamentally important for anyone looking to test this or move into this lifestyle and make it work is don't just focus on elimination, focus on addition. What I mean by this is people think, well, I've got to remove the meat. I've got to remove the eggs. I've got to remove the dairy. I've got to remove this and that and the other thing. And they think to themselves, well, what's left? There's nothing left. Once I remove all the things that I love in my diet, I, I literally have nothing left to eat. That's a very common mindset to have. I reframe it from a different perspective in the sense that crowd out the old foods by adding new foods into the mix. So for instance, what I did over a four-week period was for my first meal of the day, for example, instead of doing, uh, you know, for instance, instead of doing chicken, I would do quinoa. And instead of doing fish, I would do tempeh. And I just replaced those old foods by adding something in. I crowded out the old meals with new foods. So I would add in the tempeh. I would add in the tofu. I would add in the black beans. I would add in the quinoa. I might add in a plant-based meat alternative and try that. I'll add in a veggie burger instead and cut that up and use that as my protein source. So I added foods in rather than just thinking on what I had to remove. And as I added these foods in, it would crowd out the old meals. And so I went to the second meal and rather than just doing one plant-based meal, I would do another protein and add another thing in for another meal. I got to week four where I'd crowded out and added in quinoa and tempeh and tofu and seitan and all these different food options that are at our fingertips. The only thing that I had left was I was consuming a couple of uh, farmer's market eggs post-workout. And all I did was replace it with tofu scramble. So I looked, pulled, picked up a tofu scramble recipe and I added that in. I crowded out that old food. And by adding in enough fibrous vegetables, adding in different fruits, I, I made sure that I, I stayed full. Basically, what I was doing was I was just crowding out the old food so I didn't have to feel like, oh, there's all these voids missing. No, I'm adding lots of things in. This is a positive approach to have because if you're just thinking about elimination, what comes with that? It comes with deprivation, things that are off limits, and there's just a negative 
association with that. Rather, focus on addition. Add in so many good plant-based foods. Experiment with so many different plant-based foods that you crowd out those old food choices. The second thing for a lot of people is find replacements for familiar foods. So depending where you are at in the journey, maybe you came from more of a standard American diet. In that instance, using some of the plant-based meat alternatives and the dairy alternatives will be a bridging tool for you. Maybe you just like those things in there. And in that instance, you can just leave them in there. Find replacements for familiar foods. So that non-dairy cheese, that non-dairy milk, that coconut milk, all of these different things, you can find replacements for everything. So anything that you like, look for a replacement, even recipes. So if you like macaroni and cheese, or if you like XYZ recipe, Go to Google and plug in vegan macaroni and cheese recipe and have a look through those. Try some of them. Test them. Find good plant-based replacements for familiar foods and recipes that you enjoy. That's going to be another way to make this transition easier for you because it's things that you're used to. It's things that you are, it's, it's familiar territory for you, but it's just got a twist on it. That's it. It's, it's like a evolution in and of itself. Another thing to remember is to eat enough total calories. This is a huge thing for a lot of people where they come to a plant-based diet and one of two things happens. They come for a reason. They just want fat loss. So they're already dieting and they're already in a calorie deficit. Or they add in tons and tons of fiber with fibrous vegetables and greens and salads and stir fries and you name it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not a lot of total calories. So if your whole plate is nothing but salad greens or broccoli, you're not going to be getting a lot of total calories into your diet. And if you drop your total calorie intake down dramatically, no matter what you are eating, you are going to feel lethargic and your cravings are going to go up. A lot of people do this. They think to themselves, well, I'm craving something. I must be missing a mineral in my diet. And it's like, have you ever thought that maybe you're just not consuming enough calories right now, that you're in such a caloric deficit that you are getting excessive craving signals and that you feel tired? Because that's what happens for bodybuilders when they're prepping for a show, no matter what diet they're on. They feel absolutely terrible. They're lethargic. They're a zombie. They have no energy. They're overstimulated on caffeine because it's the only way they can function because they're in such an, an intense caloric deficit. Eat enough total calories. The way that you know that you're eating enough total calories is you're typically feeling pretty satisfied with most of your meals. If you feel satisfied and there's an absence of intense hunger or cravings, you're usually doing pretty well. So that's generally speaking. And usually also, you'll know that you're around maintenance calories, um, which is like enough calories for you right now where you're at if your body weight doesn't change. So if your body weight remains exactly the same, that's usually an indication you're around maintenance calories. Now, everyone's different. Not everyone wants to have their body weight remain the same. Some people you know, might be 100 pounds overweight and they need to lose some weight. Everyone's different. But I will say, just make sure that you're not under eating your calories because if you're getting excessive cravings or you're feeling really tired, that is the biggest reason. It's not something missing in the diet as much as it is you're not consuming enough calories. Another thing to be aware of while you're going through this process of finding replacements for foods and recipes and adding in over elimination and eating enough total calories is be aware that your palate 
will change with time, meaning your taste buds. A lot of people who come from a standard diet are used to tons of salt, tons of oil, loads of sugar. Everything is hyper palatable. And so all of a sudden, when you're not eating something that's drowned in oil, salt, or sugar, it tastes bland to you. It's not as it's not as fun. But you've got to remember that that's what you've trained your palate to tolerate. Just like anything, given time and reminding yourself why you're doing this, your palate will shift. Now when I eat a really salty food, which is normal for someone else, all I can taste is salt. And to, to, to another person, it, it tastes normal. Or if they're eating uh, something that's sweet, it's super sweet for me because my body's not used to those things like it used to be. And now I actually crave the whole foods more because I feel good after I consume them because I'm paying attention to my biofeedback. I don't have the energy dips and the brain fog that comes with the blood sugar roller coaster that we put ourselves on when we're eating hyper sugary and hyper oily foods. So I feel good and I built that association with those foods and that's why they start to taste good to me. That experience will happen for you if you give it enough time and you keep revisiting why you were doing this. That's important. Remember, this segues into the next point of stick to mostly, quote unquote, whole plant foods. What I mean by this is people say, well, what is a, what is a whole plant food? Stuff that's not in boxes, that's shelf stable, that's packaged. Most things that are shelf stable, that are in a package with an ingredients list, aren't whole food. There are some exceptions. There are some, there's some things where you can get relatively good choices and still have something that's in a box with a short ingredient list. But what I mean by whole foods is your produce section, your fruits, your vegetables, your bulk bin section full of your grains and your legumes. If you just stuck to the legumes, the nuts, the seeds, the grains from the bulk bin section and the fruits and the vegetables from the produce section, you pretty much cover 95% of what should be in your diet. And if you stuck to those things, you would completely transform your health. So remember, predominantly whole foods as much as you can. That will be a needle moving thing for you, trust me. Another thing that I wanted to mention also, beyond just eating enough total calories, is stop trying to fit rigid macronutrient ratios into this new way of eating. And for anyone who's a beginner and is like, what does that even mean? A lot of people who have tracked calories before, who come from the fitness industry, they're obsessed with protein, carbohydrates, and fats. They'll track these things on apps like MyFitnessPal or Chronometer. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I will tell you is that people who come to this lifestyle and they try and force their old macronutrient ratios into the new way of eating, they, you massively limit yourself straight out of the gate. Because what happens is usually most typical macronutrient ratios are pretty heavy in protein. They have some carbohydrates, but not a lot. And they have some fiber and a little bit of fat. A lot of the fats oils, which I really don't think is the wisest use of your fat allocation. I think sticking to whole food fats in the form of nuts, seeds, avocado, coconut products, hemp seed, those things are going to be better than oils, first of all. 
but all their protein, there's so much protein isolated in there with animal products and whey protein and things like that, that for you to hit those macro ratios as a vegan, you would essentially having to be consuming either seitan, which is wheat-based protein, which doesn't sit well for a lot of people's digestion. You either have to consume nothing but seitan, tofu, and protein powder. That's not a very nutrient-diverse diet. And I talk about nutrient rotation and diversity in episode 37. Part of the reason why you're constantly fighting cravings and you're not feeling like your energy levels through the roof is because your diet's too one-dimensional. And that's what happens when you're trying to fit these rigid macro ratios into this new way of eating. You can do it. You can do it using uh, textured vegetable protein, protein powders, plant-based meat alternatives, seitan, tofu. You can do it. It's just not that pleasurable. You feel You'll feel like you're dieting. I don't want to do that. I don't want you to have to do that. The thing that I typically will focus on for most people is total calories first. What I mean by this is if you have a bearing, like if you're someone who has a bearing on their total calorie consumption, say you know that you consume about 1,800 calories a day, just focus on total calories first. So whether you're eating quinoa and lentil pasta and beans, eat a diverse range of foods and just get enough total calories in. So hit the 1800 you're looking for. Yeah, your, your carbohydrate ratios will go up if you're eating more beans and lentil pasta and quinoa. Because that those foods have more carbohydrates in them and a little bit less protein. Your protein intake is going to come down some and your carbohydrate ratios will go up. There is nothing wrong with that. There's misconceptions within the fitness industry that too many carbohydrates are going to make you fat. I would argue that too many total calories, no matter what the food source is going to make you fat. Yeah, there's other things to that regarding insulin sensitivity, but you can optim that that basically drives fat storage or fat loss. But you can optimize that through weight training, intermittent fasting, different supplements. Cinnamon is good for that. So there are things that you can use to offset what people think are not an ideal macronutrient ratio. Like maybe there's too many carbohydrates. People say, well, the carbohydrates are the thing that makes me fat. I would argue that it's the processed carbohydrates and all the fat that comes with them. You know, they're eating donuts and they're thinking that the donut is carbohydrates. The donut's got tons of fat in it as well and and just processed sugars. It's not the same as eating sweet potato. A carbohydrate is not a carbohydrate is not a carbohydrate. Remember that, that there is a very big difference between eating brown basmati rice and eating a vegan cookie. Very big difference. Hormonally, chemically in your body. You must understand that, guys. So remember, don't feel like you have to fit rigid macros to start with. Just focus on total calories first. Even more simple, just eat enough total calories based on if you're not feeling hungry all the time. That's the biggest thing. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, guys. People want to get way too complicated early on. Just keep it simple. Focus on colors. And I talk about this in nutrient rotation and diversity again. And the low-hanging fruit protocols in episode 33 of focusing on colors with each meal. Where's your green vegetable? Where's your red vegetable? Where's your orange? Where's your, where's your yellow? Do you have a living food on there like a sprout, a broccoli sprout or a micro, like a kale microgreen? Do you have some fermented foods in there? Do you have a little bit of miso or do you have some kimchi or some sauerkraut? Remember, focus on colors. Colors are representative of different nutrients. So like your different colored fruits, your dark berries, your citrus fruits. They all have different colors representative of different micronutrient qualities. These things, guys, are going to help 
with optimizing your body, optimizing your chemistry, optimizing how you feel, optimizing your immune function. How does that even that translates over to when you feel better, you have more control over what you put in your mouth. You train harder because your energy levels are better. You recover faster. You sleep better. Your mood is better. So you're not going towards snack foods because your mood is improved. All of these things translate over to better body composition long term if that's your primary goal. But you have you live a better life in the process. Isn't that what we all want? Most people fall into this trap of thinking that they'll get to the body composition they want and they'll be happy. It's a fallacy. You won't be unless you learn how to optimize yourself along the way. Most people don't do that. Most fitness people don't teach that. That's why we teach this. Because you can get a result by forcing the result, but if you don't feel good in the process, if your energy levels are low and you're getting bloated all the time and you're getting brain fog, how likely are you to stick with that process? That's why you see these transformations online and then two months later, the person's put on all the weight again because the process was not working from the inside out and it was not a sustainable process for them. That is why we focus on what we do, right? Context is everything. Remember, where are you coming from? So if you're coming from a place where you've had tons of standard American diet type foods in your process, add in more plant-based meat alternatives. Yeah, sure, they're not as healthy as some things like a Beyond Burger. People will preach, oh, it's not as healthy as eating lentils. Yeah, sure. But it's going to help someone who came from eating bacon for breakfast every day, right? So where are you coming from with your context? Understand that and then kind of get an entry point in where you should be based on that. Another thing I think is really important to kind of start wrapping up is plan ahead with eating out. This is something that will unravel you at times where if you go out on the weekend and you don't have a plan, you're going to go off track. I've seen this happen with many people. You need to be more diligent and aware than the average person because you've got to ask yourself this. Do you want the average results that the average person has? Because if you don't, you have to do things that the average person is not willing to do. For example, when you need to go out to eat somewhere with friends, plan where you're going to go. Use the app called Happy Cow and find the best vegan options around in your area. Mexican is a good example. You can do rice, beans, and fajita vegetables or a salad. You don't have to go out and just be a glutton and eat all those old foods and go back to that old person. You know what I mean? You need to understand that this is an evolution in your own process. And be that person who wants to walk the path that's traveled because you can. Remember, do you want average results like the average person? Because if you are, do average things. So assess where do you want to go to eat? Look on Happy Cow. Make sure it's something like Mexican or they have a good vegan option. Set yourself up for success early on so you're not going into these situations where you're unprepared. That weak link in the chain typically often unravels everything else. And so if you can strengthen that weak link, everything else fortifies and everything else gets easier. Remember that. Plan ahead, whether it's with grocery shopping, snacks that you take out for the day. That stuff's going to help you just be successful in every area of your life. Some degree of planning and implementation. The last thing I want to say is get a coach. Whether it's anything that I've said resonates with you, reach out and let's talk. I can help you. Or get someone else. I don't, whatever. But this stuff can be complicated. You need to walk through these methods understanding what you're going to be faced with. 
So get a coach, get a mentor, invest in yourself. A lot of people try to bootleg that and that's fine. If you can do that and you can get the result, great. Like if you've been doing this and you've got the result you want, great. But if you've been doing this and you don't have the result that you want, that's a problem and that's telling you something and that's another part of your biofeedback you're not listening to. So you need to get help, get a coach, reach out to me, let's talk. So fundamentally, guys, when it comes to where to begin as a newbie, go back and refer to those podcasts that I mentioned. Focus on addition over elimination. It's a much more positive step to the process. Find replacements for familiar foods, veganizing recipes that you're familiar with, plant-based meat alternatives, dairy-free alternatives. Give your palate time to shift. Eat enough total calories. Don't be dieting yourself to high heaven and then thinking that your low energy and, and cravings are because there's something missing when actually it's not enough calories. Predominantly whole foods. If you just stuck to the produce section, the bulk bin section, that alone would pretty much give you 95% of what you need and you would hit the ground running, my friend. Take these pieces of advice. I've spent years refining these things and teaching them and practicing them. And I've found that these things will be the things that move the needle for you the most in your life. So take notes, listen to the other episodes, get out there today and implement what you can and keep implementing, knowing that that's walking you along the path towards that person that you know you can become. So go out there today, be great, and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.